0: Thanks for listening to Rare Bird Radio. I'm Doug Cooper, author of the award-winning fiction Outside In and The Investment Club. This podcast is sponsored by Rare Bird Books, based in Los Angeles, a publisher of 50-plus books per year, distributed worldwide by PGW. Today, I have the pleasure of being in conversation with Todd Pasternak, musician, author, and business leader, to talk about his recent book, Lessons from the Road, Musicians as Business Leaders, in which the language of music meets the language of business. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Doug. Well, I'm really Um, excited uh, to talk to you here today. And, you know, I just want to jump right into stuff. And, you know, one of the descriptions I read was, you know, an unorthodox examination of the influences and impact that creativity, improvisation, and collaboration have within an organization. But I have to tell you, reading the book, I didn't think it was that unorthodox. I guess a lot (laughs) of the things you talk about really um, resonated with me. And the experiences I've had being in business and writing and art and so forth. So, you know, talk a little bit about you know that that the examination and the process that you went through in creating this.
1: Yeah, for sure, and and I I love that observation. (laughs) Um, and, And the unorthodox nature, maybe more from from the source of of where these lessons are coming from. Uh, being being musicians and not your typical sort of business guru, uh, that's more, more widely um, sought after for for this kind of, of advice to to you know uh, reexamine how you should run your organization and and uh, you know drive innovation in it. Uh, but but the the sort of impetus for it really stemmed from. You know, I made this transition out of out of playing. Uh, you know, as a professional musician for you know just over 10 years, and then ultimately getting into you know cor- the corporate world and finding that the the skills I was leaning on were not that much different than I was using uh, you know on the road or in the studio. And I kept meeting more and more people. You know, whether it was in my industry, you know, clients, partners that 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 I worked with, um, who I'd run into these people who were kind of like me, who were like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I used to tour and we used to open up for Metallica. So I was like, wait, what? You used to for real? And and it was just sort of shocking. And I kept meeting more folks like that. I was like, okay, I need to need to pause for a minute. and kind of think through what what I'm hearing. And I just re-engage with these folks and say, hey, look, can, can I just spend like an hour with you and just kind of interview you? And I think there's something here and those conversations ultimately turned into the foundation of the book
0: yeah and you know i think some of that it is kind of a surprise i i think to people because we're kind of ingrained that there's this left brain right brain Dominant part of us that, you know, if you're left brain, you're more the analytical structured right brain, more creative. And, you know, I know probably some of the reason I I was able to identify with so much was, you know, I was a math major in my undergrad and then my and taught math and then was in my masters have a masters in american studies and you know literature and history and you know have two have two books out so i definitely kind of have one foot in in each world so was really able to identify and then as you know the people and you know pretty impressive lineup of of people that you have um and had the pleasure of working with and interviewing so give us kind of an overview of of the people that you know when you read this book you know, some of the advice that's going to come through and who it's coming through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, some of the, I'd say overall like themes that, that I think will kind of resonate the most, uh, themes like, you know, taking risk, uh, ha- and, and having the freedom to fail, um, things like, uh, and I can dig into these too, um, you know, how to just adapt to change, being more open through listening, Getting the best out of people, like getting the best out of the teams you work with, uh, the, the partners that, that you work with. Uh, there's a really big theme, um, and actually, start to tie this to more of your question around like who um, who's saying some of this throughout the book. Uh, is this idea of like bringing value and service, like this idea of like servitude uh, to customers, teammates, and partners? That one came from. Uh, Glenn Rosenstein, who you know in the '80s was you know this uh, was an engineer uh, and 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 mixer, um, uh, you know studios, you know top studios in New York, you know mixing you know records for U2 and um, and the Talking Heads and uh, and <laughs> Glenn shares this great great story about, you know, he learns more, learn more about, you know, like in the very early days, even before he got, you know, asked to like sit in and and start mixing, he was just answering the phones, right? Like the power station. And, uh, you know, he'd just be running errands, scoring drugs in the middle of the night for artists and, you know, grabbing people's laundry. And then he sort of developed this skill uh, based around the idea of just like servitude that just like what can I do to help, what can I do to help, what can I do to help, and then seeing how that could translate into like this value exchange
0: that concept that you just hit on was one of the things that really i I enjoyed was you know the importance and almost inevitability of the grind, and <laughs> you know that yeah. and and you use the example sometimes of you know when you 're in the tour bus and you know you 're just going and you're, you know, just grinding, you know, gig to gig, and you know, you never know if there's going to be ten people or, or you know, several hundred. And I think in in business as well, you know, you there's just this grind to it, whether it's a, you know, the the morning commute and the, the you know eight to six and Monday through Friday, and you know how you just have to go through that grind, and that's not unique to anything. I think that that value and that success comes from just committing and being present, you know, time after time and, and going through it.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. And I think what's similar across bands and businesses in that is the shared purpose, shared mission, and you know, when you are when you're in, in a band, you know, you're well, <laughs> some some bands organize you know themselves for, you know, Maybe just to kind of goof around and just play, but real serious bands, you know, that, that ultimately have some some decent success, you know, are definitely about something that that's bigger that unites them. Whether it's um, the, the most likely the music itself, right? There's something that brought folks together. Their common influences, the way they were, they're able to connect and speak together musically and write songs together, and 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 they have that shared. Vision. Similarly, in in a business, you know, think of like a startup, uh, whatever that spark of an idea was that got people excited enough to, you know, spend their evenings and late nights, you know, after their real jobs, to put, you know, a new business idea together. um, Ultimately, sort of unites them uh, and gives them. A reason to go through the grind gives them the reason to, again, on either side, get in that bus after you just played a really crappy gig. But know that, hey, maybe maybe it'll be better tomorrow when we get to Chicago and play um, or on, on the business side where you, you pitch after pitch after pitch and you can't get investment. And then finally it just hits. Right. Someone totally connects with the idea same with your audience, right? In the band, like sometimes you play shows, it connects with an audience. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes your ideas for your business resonate with customers or investors,
0: and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Uh, but it's that shared purpose that is that is what keeps it all moving
0: forward. When I was reading the book, and and you know, I started. Reading more about you and, you know, I recommend to 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 listeners, you know, you you are, as you said, a musician and in the band, uh, um, several bands. But when I was listening to Marlowe and uh, specifically the the Whiteout um, uh, songs and I really I had to pick out a couple of lyrics that I just that really just hung with me and that song, Hey Up There. Yeah. Uh she found hell before it could find her and the description the faded lipstick frown.
1: Yeah. So
0: is is that some of your writing or is that something that the group did? That's uh that's
1: that's me. Yeah. Um yeah, that's that's a very uh personal kind of dark cathartic record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I could just after reading the book and like I said, as I was reading and and listening to music, I started to kind of, you know, hear your voice. And I was like, oh, I bet I bet he he wrote that. And, you know, I've always drawn parallels to music and, and writing. And and one of the differences, though, as well as I always tell people about writing is, you know, you're like a musician that plays to an empty room. Every day, <laughs> because, like you, because you're going through, you have no idea, at least with uh, with a musician, you know, and you go to a gig you might get a few people and, uh, you know, you, you get some you get a little bit more, a little bit more feedback. But, you know, with your your process as you know, as you create music and, and you created um, the book, did you approach do you approach them the same way or did you find that you have a different process for the different output? Yeah, that, that's a great question.
1: Uh, there were a lot of similarities uh, in the, um, like when I'm writing music, I usually start with, you know, my guitar and I just start babbling, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know, like, it's more about like melody and then trying to figure out words that almost react to melody. So uh, I sort of just trust, I trust myself that sort of the first few words that come out of my mouth are probably the right direction for tone and, uh, and story, and, uh, and I sort of go, go along with that. So, so it, it starts in these little sort of spurts, uh, and similar with, with the writing, it worked uh, in, in little bits and pieces, and, and ultimately was like this assembly of, of everything. Uh, at some point after all of the interviews, you know, I had to then uh, really put my myself into it and really weave in my my narrative and my story. And, and it was it was it was similar um, where uh, I just try stuff out, try stuff out, try stuff out, let it be come back, read it and be like, OK, that's good. That's good. That's shit. Um, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. Uh, and it's this iterative process. And. With music, uh, it's it's a little bit different the way at least I, I work, where um, I like to record pieces and build and build and build and, and layers and and the tools that I have to do that I'm very comfortable with because I've been doing it for a long time. With writing, this was really the first kind of longer form writing that I've done, or at least certainly in this type of format and. I needed to, you know, figure out my new toolkit. And uh, I wouldn't say I've totally figured it out yet. Uh, but for, for this book, um, it was just, it, it was longer. It was, uh, it was clumsy. Uh, and, uh, and I just had to keep experimenting uh, until I sort of just finally caught the groove where I'm like, okay, I kind of see how, how I need to operate here. Uh, and instead of, uh, you know, Pro Tools and microphones and amps, you know, I'm just just sitting down in front of, you know, word <laughs> and typing and uh, and walking away, coming back, walking away, coming back uh, and, and reading. So similar, similar pieces uh, of the process. Uh, but some were just so new, Doug. Some were just so mm-hmm. foreign to me. That's for sure.
0: And I'm sure you know, as a musician, you always had people coming up, and "Oh, I have a great idea for a song and asking you about your process, and now you have a book out you know people will I'm sure you'll find will be coming out of the woodwork telling you how they have an idea for a book and how do you do it <laughs> and and you know one of the things I always tell people, and you you just you know we're talking about that as well is you know just the importance of journaling you know and just sitting down if you have ideas and and just writing and writing yeah. and writing, and then as you do it, some themes, ideas will emerge, and then you take those and you kind of put them into form, and, and you, you kind of build from there, which is similar to you know what I think you were saying with, with, the, with the music.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you one really stark difference for me was uh, I usually wrote in the context of a band and did have other folks. To bounce ideas off of in real time, get get reactions very, very quickly because you're all in the rehearsal room with your with your instruments and you're able to just try stuff out, and you you have people to bounce ideas off of. Where this was so lonely, <laughs> it was, yeah. uh, you know, it's such a different type of experience. I don't say lonely, but it was just, um, you know, there's there's there was no one else there for the
0: immediacy of reaction. And do you think you know I know that you know the old writing adage, you know, write about what you know and but there's also I've had people read parts of of my book and books and they'll say, "Oh, this one part really really just rang true for me, you know, did this really happen to you?" And all the times the things that really are are ringing true for people Actually, I made up, and sometimes I think <laughs> getting out of you know that comfort zone, so you know maybe being forced to use some of those different tools and develop new tools really um, helps you get to more of that that kernel of of truth of of what you are trying to express. Um, and you know, as far as you know the the process, I always describe it too to people that. A lot of the writing I just throw up on the page and then later just come back and try to clean it up and. <laughs> <enough that laughs> other people don't notice that it has vomit, you know, but um, so, just want to hit on a couple couple things that just I really, really loved. And you know, you were telling talking about the importance of storytelling and business and and you know that musicians tell stories through their songs and brands tell stories through their products and, and marketing creative. And you really hit on some good points about creating something meaningful. You know, Could you elaborate a little bit on how you view and what's important in creating something meaningful? I think it's pretty simple. I think it's you want to create something that will resonate
1: uh, and, and connect with people, uh, whatever it is. And I think without that connection with your product, with your services, with with whatever it is that you're you're doing, if there's no connection, there's well, there's really nothing there, right? There's certainly no song that will resonate. There's certainly no business that will succeed because they don't have a product that's working out in a in a market. Uh, it has to connect. It has to be meaningful to someone to want to come back and invest their time in
0: your product, in your service. Yeah. And how you you hit on, um, you know, the the question when you're viewing your product or your service and, you know, asking would another business want to cover this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, so many businesses build off or create themselves off of, oh, we're like the you know, uh, WordPress of blah, 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 like wh- whatever it is, there's there's some reference point. And, uh, and I think it's sort of a, a good way to, to think about what maybe you're creating in your business. Is it, uh, uh, is it something so good and valuable and meaningful that some other business will want to build an idea off of yours? Like, do they wanna cover that idea,
0: so to speak? Yeah, and another point that you hit on there was that it really doesn't matter how it's being consumed.
1: Yeah, it's sort of the, the, the ubiquitous piece of it as well, that the idea itself should just transcend. It should transcend.
0: Like, you know, to take like a song, how how kind of meant to me was like with the song, right? If you hear, and I think you use this example, if you hear the song as an acoustic version or, you know, with a completely different, you know, instrument or style than it was intended. But if that, you know, that source of truth is there and it's still coming through, it will still have value and kind of transcend
1: yeah, I think when the intent is so powerful and and it's so strong uh, that, yeah, especially in music where, you know, sometimes you hear a cover of a song and it's almost more moving to just hear a reinterpretation of it. And it's not to say the original is anything less, um, you know, without the original, you wouldn't have the cover. But there's something about the strength of an idea, uh, being such that, that others can take it as their own and do something new with it. Like that. To me, that's something very exciting. And uh, I think that's where you start to get those meaningful connections, because you're building off of something. It's, uh, it's almost like eternal, right? It's, it's like yeah. it, it's as if it, it, it was always there.
0: Yeah, I, I like how you phrased it when you said, you know, value is not in the origin, but in the quality, because mm. one of the, the quotes that I, I have that, that, that reminded me of was, you know, it's not really important what the idea is, but where it leads and who it inspires and, you know, what becomes of it. Right on. That's it. And, I'm gonna, and the I'm going to use
1: yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. and and you know how you you said um you know just the importance of letting someone else take the lead and i know you know i think probably in in music you know and when you're in a band you know that's just part of that balance that you just have to learn and i think good businesses do do that, you know, and good, especially good leaders, you know, they recognize the importance of letting other people take the lead and that being a leader doesn't mean I always have to be, um, in the forefront talking, delivering the message. Why hire
1: some of the, you know, the, the smartest people you can possibly hire and not let them contribute? Why do you, right? Why would you possibly think? uh you know you you have all the answers you hire people because they're bringing something unique uh and hopefully you're figuring that out in your hiring process as well uh you know when you're seeking out talent uh you're not just trying to fill seats to represent growth of your business but you're really trying to find the best possible talent that you can find because it you know as the leader that they will make your business better so what's important there is to keep quiet sometimes
0: yeah and 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 trusting that trusting yeah. that quiet you know and and allowing that silence to provide the opportunity for someone else to come forward and it also gives you time to reflect and you know think and and react to situations i know one of the concepts that kept coming back to me when i was reading you know was the concept of flow when a person performing an activity you know is so immersed and you get that feeling of being energized and you know fully focused and full invo- involvement where you know things are happening very fast but they're also happening very slow that you almost see them <laughs> unfolding and i know one um, buddhist monk that i had talked to and and he was talking a, a lot about that state and one of the things he would do with students was they would go skydiving and that feeling of skydiving where you can't really react, it's out of your control. And, you know, just to open up their minds, you know, to to that feeling. And, you know, I'm sure playing in, in, in bands, you know, you have those moments where things just completely sink and you have that experience. And then a lot of what you do, you're kind of chasing that in a, in a way. You know, have you experienced that similar in business?
1: So in one of the businesses that I was, that I was in, I'd run uh, like an R&D unit in, in like in an advertising technology uh, company. And we would sort of have our own jam sessions. And you try to get into this zone where ideas are coming out. And I keep coming back to this idea of like building on the idea versus just saying, no, that won't work. You sort of have a starting point, you know. It's like a like your starting riff, right, of, of of a jam, and seeing how you can keep building and building and building on top of it, and you do get into a flow when it really works well. Like there's an energy in the room, there's fun. Ah, there's fun. People are actually enjoying this session in in at work, and in, and it becomes something beyond what you imagined it was going to be when you walked into the meeting room, when you started to you know, write the first thing down on the whiteboard. That type of experience, that type of a flow uh, is really paralleled well
0: with like a live improvisation on stage. And you hit on the word there that, I like how much this word is becoming more part of business vernacular is the concept of riffing that you know? That's just really working into not not only using the word, but the the, the act of just that that bouncing back and forth and and building on top of of what um, others are saying and doing, and um, just to touch again a little bit on on the idea of storytelling. Yeah, um, because. You know, since you know you've, you're telling stories in so many different different uh, different forms, um, what are some of the mistakes you see in in storytelling? Like, for example, I know one of the, the things that I always see when people are giving presentations in business is you know they start at the beginning of time, you know, and they take they take you through the whole you know when this thing started all the way, <laughs> you know, rather than really, you know, making it personal and, and connecting. So, you know, what are some of the the, the things that that you see um, in terms of, you know, storytelling mistakes? Yes.
1: So glad you asked this question, Doug. Um, <laughs> the, probably the, the biggest one is when businesses go in to pitch or talk about their business, and they talk about themselves, and they don't talk about the customer and they build their entire story about how great their product is, how great their services are, and we did this and this and this, and the customer sitting in the room like, when, you're, when the hell are you going to talk about me? And when are you going to tell, show me that you know my story and weave it into yours? That seems to be the biggest mistake that I see over and over again is when the focus of conversation Comes about the business and not the customer.
0: That's funny. I had a couple things listed here, and one of the mistakes I had listed was talking too much, which I, I think that's what that's what you're getting to. And so, you know, we touched a little bit on one of the stories. You know, and the book is full of so many good good stories from some pretty remarkable people. You talked a little bit about Glenn Rosenstein, and you know, not you just share a little bit more about the the people. Um, that you know you're riffing with in the yeah. book uh
1: sure i mean i can just kind of go down uh like like the, the the roster so to speak um so there's there's rob avery um he's a vp at uh, scala uh which is uh like a digital outdoor technology he was a uh, ran creative at digitas health but he's also the bass player for a band called boy sets fire Jimmy Chamberlain, drummer from the Smashing Pumpkins. When he's not playing drums, he's also the CEO of uh, Blue Jay Strategies, you know, which is like a, a media consultation company. Uh, there's a guy Reed Janauer who our bands used to tour together uh, like years ago and he's now the CMO at uh, this video startup called Magisto. A guy, uh, Anurag Galati. he's over at Uber now. Um, I met him while he was still at Facebook. And before getting into tech, he was a studio owner and engineer. Uh, Kat Kolodij, she now heads up all of marketing strategy for Progressive Insurance, uh, but she has a background in in agencies. Uh, and she plays guitar and vocals for a band called Working. Uh, she plays with her husband. Uh, There's a few more folks, too. A uh, guy, Mike Lowenstern, uh, he's now, uh, part of, uh, Amazon's, uh, creative team, but before that he ran digital advertising at RGA, one of the largest creative, uh, agencies, uh, out there. And Mike is also one of the most incredible bass clarinetists on, on the planet. Uh, does he does, he's, he's, he's just unbelievable. You should definitely Google him. Um, and see some of his youtube videos because they are really amazing and fun and entertaining naomi morgolin she runs sales for uh, armada global um which is uh, like a, a healthcare insurance but she's done some really incredible gigs uh, uh doing background vocals for sam moore she's just phenomenal she's just one of those singers performers who just knows how to find the right spot For her role, and actually, she talks a lot about that in the book. Uh, We mentioned Glenn, um, and yeah, before uh, you know, or should say after Glenn was uh, you know mixing records, record producer, and 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 ran a label as well. He totally switched gears, and and now he's uh, you know co -co partner in a WealthPoint Financial Group uh, and another um, uh, sort of agency called Six Hundred Volt, and then two more folks. This guy Derek Richmond. Actually, I met Derek years ago while he was at a um, creative agency here in, in San Francisco, um, Gooby Silverstein and Partners. Uh, now he's at a production house called Pretty Bird, and uh, he was a guitar player uh, for many years too in the San Francisco scene. And then last um, is a good friend of mine, Al Schneer, uh, who plays guitar and vocals for Mo, uh, one of the principal songwriters for Mo. And Al still, that, that's his gig. Um, but Al's just someone that uh, throughout my career in music was someone I, I observed a lot because I really respected the way he operated that band and, and their longevity, you know, being 25 plus years of a, of a band that's still together and still playing in theaters and selling out shows. And um, I, I felt that just having that view in the book would bring a lot of value for readers.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely an impressive lineup and, you know, I know I went down the rabbit hole on as I started getting and and, you know, googling some of these people and looking and and listening and 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 discovering a lot of a, a lot of the things what they did just really impressive and inspiring. And, you know, just the Idea of and I can't remember which which person it was, but you know they went on kind of a strange journey to, to get to to where they were. And and one of the comments was, you know, that nothing really happens in a vacuum, and just really trusting and having faith in the journey, you know, that we're on. It seemed
1: like an important lesson from everybody, uh, in, in, including myself. Uh, you know, making a transition. Uh, from one career to another, uh, you know, or even just one job to another, um, is it's challenging. It's it's tough. Uh, but then just having having the 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 trust in yourself, the faith that you know you put the work in, you you know your stuff, right? Just because maybe you get laid off or whatever it is, or the company goes under and you have to just find new work, or you're just ready for a new change. Um, having that trust in yourself that those skills that you acquired some in some other industry, uh, can apply to your next gig.
0: And so as you were going through and you're talking to the people and, you know, you obviously had kind of a direction and, and the lessons you learned and we're talking to people, but there's also, I think in part of the creative processes, the, are the things that you didn't plan on that, that, just pop up and you know another one of you know your the your quotes in here you know recognize which opportunities deserve attention was there something that stands out from from the process that that just kind of came up as you were as you were going through that you never really intended but you know you recognized hey this there's something here and kind of built that in kind of midstream yeah sure. I'll give you one on you know on the music
1: side, certainly in that experimentation phase of of writing, and I'm sure you can appreciate this too, Doug, is uh, just those happy accidents, <laughs> you know, to use a Bob Ross where you write something, you play a note that you thought was wrong, and then when you listen back, you're like, Whoa! I didn't mean for that to happen, but like, I guess that was like a stroke of brilliance or something. And I'm gonna keep going with it and recognizing those types of opportunities to make something better uh, from what you would maybe at first classify as a mistake. Uh, and then same, same in in, in a business where uh, you know, looking at maybe an unsuccessful product launch. Let's say a, a seemingly unsuccessful product launch, but then maybe there's like a byproduct from it, right? You're like, well, this one component of the product didn't really resonate. Maybe it didn't have that product market fit, um, but this smaller thing, like our clients really liked, and we weren't, we didn't even think about that. So having your your ears and eyes open for those opportunities, and then going all in on them when you recognize them. And it takes practice. It takes practice. Uh, and, and it takes, again, a trust because it, at first it's kind of foreign to say, I, I put so much effort into this thing, into whatever it is that you, you produced. And, and, and you want that to be it. You want that to be the winner, so to speak. And you just have to be comfortable with saying, OK, that's not the winner, but is there anything else Around this, that we can turn into the winner now.
0: Yeah, and I think I just want to stress to people too that you know you don't have to be a musician, you don't have to be a writer, you don't have to be in business. I think to really take a lot away from from this book, it's such a universal story, but it'll also open up different parts of of yourself on whatever journey you're on. So Todd, tell us where, you know, where can people, if they haven't found you while they're listening here, where can they yeah. find out more about you and and your book and, and the stuff you're working on?
1: Definitely go to toddpasternak.com, so T-O-D-D-P-A-S-T-E-R-N-A-C-K.com, and look me up on Facebook too. It's facebook.com slash Todd
0: Well, thanks so much, Todd, for joining me here in, in conversation. I think everyone can... Can hear that I'm a big fan of this book and and Todd's work and I just really recommend everyone to to go and and pick it up and you'll get up after you read this and you'll definitely uh, be a changed person and and again the name of the book is Lessons from the Road: Musicians as Business Leaders. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to Rare Bird Radio. I'm Doug Cooper, author of the award-winning fiction Outside In and The Investment Club. To learn more about me or my books. You can find me on Facebook or Twitter at B-Y-C-O-O-P or at bycooper.com. Todd, any last words you want to share before we wrap? Thank you so much. I, this was a lot of fun, and I really
1: appreciate uh, all the kind words and, and endorsement here.
0: Yeah, just keep writing. You know, you'll have those tools like, uh, like you have with, with the instruments in no time because uh, <laughs> uh, brilliance is really shining through. So thanks again for coming on, and just want to remind everyone that this conversation is sponsored by Rare Bird Books, based in Los Angeles, a publisher of 50-plus books per year, and distributed worldwide by PGW. Thanks so much for joining.